0: Hi, you're listening to God, Goes and Government, a weekly conversation with Senator Kim Jackson, where she'll reflect on her journey as an Episcopal priest, farmer, first-time state legislator, and much more. I'm your host, Sharitha J., and I'm honored to share this space with you. Let's begin. All right, it's your girl, Sharitha J., joining senator kim jackson for this week's episode of god goats and government hey hey senator jackson
1: hey sharitha j it's good to see you girl
0: it's good to see you too now you know before we even move forward i gotta go ahead and just shout out them dogs
1: <laughs> go dogs
0: <laughs> gotta go ahead shout them out they pulled that thing through had a lot of lot of sad people uh, that I encountered on Tuesday. They were a little hurt because they couldn't. That that tide stopped rolling. Well, you know, I, I have
1: that obligatory go dolls. I am now a Georgian, <laughs> so I'm with it. You know, my Clemson Tigers are still near and dear to my heart, though, and
0: they've had their great runs too. They have. But listen, we are we are enjoying this time. I saw recently where uh, someone shared a meme that the Braves won a World Series and now we have UGA as our champions and yeah. all of this has taken place since Georgia turned blue.
1: That's right. So now all we need is Stacy. I saw someone said that's the triumphant, right? Yeah, I
0: mean- <laughs> Listen, hear, hear me out um uh, dear republicans true sports fans if you care about your team your georgia tees i'm just saying it i don't believe it's a coincidence <laughs> just just hear us out maybe that will impact your vote for this governor's race but moving along <laughs> how are you this is week one week one of session and we talked about this last week that it was going to be a slow start however it doesn't seem like it's been a slow start for you yeah you know it's kind of weird like I am
1: very tired right now um so we'll probably have a short broadcast (laughs) and I'm like how is this possible because we didn't do much um we were off on Tuesday because you know go dogs and I think I've only voted like one time. And since, you know, the whole time we've been in there and that was just to say like, yeah, we're here and we're going to be here. Um, But yet I'm still somehow quite tired from all of the meetings. It's just a lot of meetings, right? It's a lot of uh, trying to talk to people and convince them to sign your bills, figure out why they don't want to sign your bills. Like, it's just a lot.
0: So we're talking meetings, but everything hasn't been at the Capitol, right? You've You've given a speech this week for MOK Day.
1: Yeah. So can we say go paladins uh, for a second, which I know people don't know what a paladin is, but whatever. Um. Help us out here, Senator And What is a paladin? A paladin is a, a knight. It's like a, a knight on a horse. Uh, so I am a proud, proud alum of Furman University. And my, um, my alma mater invited me back to Greenville, South Carolina, virtually to uh, To share in their MLK Day celebration, so I was the keynote for that address, and it was a lot of fun. And you know, virtual world is so weird because you don't get to see people, but then all of a sudden, after I'm done, I get all these text messages from professors that I had, and emails from people who knew me, and so it was like really great. I'm like, y'all were there? Oh, that's that's so awesome. So yeah, that was a really highlight, big highlight of my week.
0: Excellent. MLK Day speech. And I'm, I'm guessing, will we be able to view this, or was this just a virtual event?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you Google Martin Luther King Day, Furman University, you'll find it somewhere. Uh, it's out there for sure. And um, people are certainly already writing about, you know, this Black queer woman from Calpin, South Carolina, who <laughs> challenged Furman to, uh Change uh, change the nature of Furman by making it actually reflect the diversity of the state. I, I did make this one plug. So ever since I've been, um, I came, I went to Furman in the early aughts, and my longstanding critique of Furman is that the vast majority of people of color who go to that school are people who play ball, who play ball very very well, whether that's football or basketball. And so one of the challenges that I left them with was for them to diversify their their student body um, with people more than just people who, who play good ball. Um, so, you know, that was my little, my little shot at my alma mater. We'll see what it does, but it was, it was really a lot of fun to be able to, to speak to them about Dr. King and about this dream that he has for a new world, a world that has world peace in it.
0: Well, you know, we love it. You're, you're doing your thing per usual. Um, I also noted that you, you gave the speech, And you happened to make an appearance on GPP Lawmakers this week as well. Yeah. And I think of note, I made an appearance on
1: GPP Lawmakers, which is the TV thing, not the radio. I've been on the radio a lot. Okay. They like made up my face. So I had on this very bright lipstick. (laughs) And they put it on me and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be a great sport about this because this is what it's all about, right? Like, this is a new experience for me. I would never pick, like, I would never, ever pick lipstick this bright for myself, but like, this is what I'm here for. So let's roll with it. And so again, I got all these text messages afterwards of people saying like, hey, I loved your lipstick. And I'm like, people notice because it's not normal for me, but it was fun. Uh, (laughs) Um... expanding your comfort zone you know I'm just like let's roll with it but here's the funny part so I was on with Senator Randy Robertson and Randy and I sit Senator Robertson and I sit on several committees together including especially public safety he sits right in front of me so like we know each other quite well and he refused to look at me the whole time that we were on on camera. And so finally, afterwards, I'm like, Randy, why wouldn't you look at me? And he was like, every time I would look at you, you have that lipstick on. And I'm like, that's not Kim Jackson. So it would confuse me. So I just stopped looking at you. Are you
0: serious? I'm serious. Oh, my goodness. So if anything, I'm sure that the segment itself um, had some really good information, right? some some solid notes. Um, you said that you you guys serve on the public safety committee together. so I'm sure there are some great talking points, but it appears that the lipstick might have overshadowed all of that.
1: It did for me. Now, I mean, obviously, policy matters and we're here to talk about government. so I, sh- I should name that uh, we talked about crime as an issue, and um, you know my my colleague and friend Randy Robertson tried to kind of paint this picture of gloom and doom of how we're all just, this is an unprecedented time of unsafety for, for our, our, our city. And I was just very quick to respond and remind folks that we are safer today than we were in the 1990s, that the crime rates don't even begin to compare to what they did in the 90s. So this isn't unprecedented. Um, you know, we don't want this kind of crime. Let's be clear, but this isn't unprecedented. We are safer today than we were in the 90s. Um, And so we got to talk about that. Uh, Senator Robertson is a former law enforcement officer. And uh, so he has some feelings that he has about how people treat the police and what they think about the police. And um, he believes that it's unmerited and unfair. And so I just kindly reminded him that um, we all watched a video of a police officer kneeling on a man's neck for eight minutes. And we all saw a video of a man sitting in the front of seat of his car being gunned down with his child in the back seat. So this is not unmerited. Um, and, you know, he kind of tried to cast it off as well. Those were anomalies. Um, but we all know that police got a bad rap because there are police who have done done really horrible and heinous things throughout the history of policing. Um, And so I made a true call for reform with police officers um, and and ask that we move towards providing more social services, more mental health care um, treatment for folks who who find themselves getting caught up in this type of thing. I believe that service is not jail is the response, right? Um, We need people who have opportunities to get an education, to get a good job, um, to have a way of having a productive life. And so that's really what I want on the show to to do was to kind of share that message. Um, Let's not lock up more people, but instead let's give people opportunity.
0: I'm looking forward to checking out that segment myself. I know that your listeners can also find this information on your social media at Camp for Georgia. Check that out. Um, and of course, we, we see you, we hear you still making uh, that motion to reach across the aisle, uh, but also honoring your, your very deep values. Uh, now, speaking of public safety and all these things, and session and you know you shared you you're tired but I mean it's not like you had a special visitor to come to Georgia this week and you were off celebrating with the president and VP Harris because they too made their way here to our great state Yeah, so um, after the dogs won,
1: uh, the president and vice president did come to uh, Atlanta. They came to the AUC, which is um, even better because those are my old stomping grounds where I was a a college chaplain there for six years, which was really exciting. Um, But sadly, I I wasn't actually able to be there and and present with them. Um, As as you know, Sharitha, we lost one of our parishioners uh, to she succumbed. To the elements outside on the streets of Atlanta on Sunday. And so I, I just took some time on Tuesday to really try to process what it means to, to lose someone that I love, that I care about, and to lose them in that way, right? To have someone um, freeze to death is... Uh, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a clear failure of our system, right? It, it just shows all the ways that we have failed as a society to be able to care for the least and the lost. And so while people were celebrating, and certainly the president was here to push for voting rights and to, um, I think, really do this important work, I just needed to take some time to, to kind of deal with some affairs around that, but also to take care of my own soul um, because nobody wants, nobody wants that phone call. And I, you know, I've worked at Common Ground now for three years and that's the first time that uh, I've gotten that kind of message of, hey, someone we love, mama, Miss Annette, uh, she was found outside uh, frozen to death, right? That's that's just, it's hard. So I didn't celebrate with the president. I didn't get to meet him, Um, but I did get to care for my soul. And I I think that, that was the right call.
0: Glad you took some time. Uh, definitely um, honoring Mama, who was one of our Project Upstream Fellows at Church of the Common Ground, um, which focuses on storytelling and policy. And she made her way over to the state capitol just last year to share her story with a group of folks who have the power to make change in the city. She was an advocate or making real changes for people who are unhoused or unhoused residents. And I I too am taking that loss uh, pretty hard, but I'm, I'm glad that you took some time um, to make space for that on Tuesday. Yeah. And I, I'm, I don't
1: want to protract this too much, but um, you know, for so many of so many of us, the realities of what it means to live outside is something that we don't experience and we don't know. Um, And the causes of homelessness are so multifaceted, right? There's a number of reasons why people end up being homeless. Um, but a, a friend of mine asked me, you know, what, what did you learn most from Miss Annette and uh, from from mama is what we call her that gives her life that makes all of this kind of have some meaning. And uh, what I learned so clear from the three years that I've known Miss Annette is that she really understood what it was to love people exactly where they were and exactly how they were. It didn't matter, um, you know, I saw her sit by next to you and talk to people who were clearly talking to other people who did not exist right I saw her sit by people who had so many flies flying around them because they were covered in any number of substances um and she still talked to them right and she cared for them and so I I just hope that I can love half as well um and and as, as she did. And so indiscriminately, I mean, I think about like, we had trans women who came with their hair, looking at all kinds of ways and their clothes half torn and mama was right there and often had some clothes to give them if they wanted it. Right. Um, and so I, I'm grateful for her. I really see the life that she lived. It was a ministry that she was doing on those streets. that so she was really committed to. And so I just want to honor that. I, I, I know that's not necessarily what this podcast is for, but it, it just seemed, it seems fitting to honor Miss Annette in this way.
0: Absolutely. With that said, I think this is a great time for us to take a break. And if you'll join us in taking a moment to honor Mama. Okay, y'all, we're back. Senator Kim Jackson, uh, thank you for making that space um, to talk about your weekly recap. So much is happening in the state of Georgia and, of course, in the world. But we're focusing on this beautiful state of GA and being in session. Now, you've made it through a busy week, and I'm still kind of calling you out in love and saying, you know, this... It was a slow start. I was expecting a slow episode (laughs) and just like, oh, you know, you've been hitting the ground running as usual. So would you mind sharing with your listeners what's coming up for week two? Yeah. So week two
1: is not actually a session week. We're, we're out of session. Um, we will be having budget hearings all week long. And so what that means is that every commissioner from every level of government that we have, whether that's the commissioner for the Department of Community Health to the commissioner for the Department of Corrections and everything in between, they will all be coming and, and providing presentations to the appropriations committees to talk about how much money they need in their budgets. It's basically a begging session that goes on for five full days um and I, well with the king day so monday will be off so it'll be four full days um it'll be great I, this is how i learned so much about the state um, was by listening to these budget hearings there are departments that exist in the department and like in georgia that i didn't even know existed until i became a legislator you have to give us an example i mean like I don't know. I, I just remember listening to like, there's a department of community health and then there's a department of like DBDHH, like department of behavior and development and something like, and there's a apartment of department of community affairs, like all of these things are slightly different and do different things, but I all, I just thought they all did the same thing. Um, so I learned some nuances around there. Um, I also learned so much about the different layers within government systems and um, kind of where the fights are, right? Because everybody's kind of fighting for their money for their department. And, um, you know, this year, I, it'll be interesting to see. And I'll, I'm looking forward to kind of recapping the budgets because we have more money. We have so much money right now. Um, so I'm curious to see. I know, that the governor has offered a five thousand dollar increase to every current state employee uh, except the legislator that does not include me i'm not getting a five thousand dollar raise um, <laughs> just to be clear, but it'll be interesting to see where where else the, the governor decides to focus some some money and energies and um, and whose appeals and please get heard, right? So I know that the Department um, of Developmental Behavior and Health I should learn those that exact acronym. I know they're going to be asking for additional monies to hire more mental health care providers, right? Um, and to increase those wages. Um, so time will tell as to whether or not will respond to that or not so that's what this week, week coming up is it's just a lot of learning it's a lot of and it's a lot of numbers billions of dollars are being talked about
0: we're, we're talking budgets and you can you know let me know your thoughts on this if you have any because the latest uh, it's say national news is this um, lawsuit that was won against navy and i don't know if you saw this with the student loans Please chime in if you have any thoughts on that, because I am I am seeing my timeline for anyone who has student loans. We're just like, please let us fall into this category <laughs> of forgiveness. Change my budget for the better, please. Yeah, yeah, um, I did see that the
1: Navy aunt settled, um, claiming that they did no wrong, but they didn't want to pay the expense of going through a lengthy trial, or whatever, we all know they um, preyed on people and particularly young people, we all know that, um, you know, sadly, I, the actual loan forgiveness for each individual person is not going to add up to be that much, Um Especially given like how much money people owe in loans, you know,
0: I'm I'm seeing some numbers tossed around as low as like two hundred and seventy five dollars. I think yeah, I saw something for for about I think two hundred and sixteen, and I'm I'm yeah. just like what. Which tells you, I mean, given the large amount
1: that that settlement was, it tells you how many people living in this nation have been impacted by Navient, right? How many people have been exploited? If you've got to take billions of dollars that they've settled for, and everybody only ends up with $276 or $260, that's a lot of people, a whole lot of people who are impacted. So, but listen, Sharitha, I am still holding out hope for Uncle Joe. I am still holding out hope that Uncle Joe is going to do something with these federal loans and really help to alleviate the burden that so many, so many people are carrying when it comes to student loans.
0: Please, Uncle Joe, step in and do what you said you were going to do. Also, step in and show up for us here in Georgia um, as we continue to navigate uh, this voter suppression law. I'm, I'm seeing where people are really, really calling out our president and um, vice president on the promises that they made and how they would show up for us. So um, I'm asking them, look, on your platform uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, to show up as yeah. a citizen. <laughs> you,
1: you know, Sharita J, I mean, that's that's fair. And at the same time, I, I just think the energy needs to be focused and directed towards Senator Manchin and Seema. Like, We have a separation of powers. The president cannot, by edict, force Congress to do much of anything, right? Like, he doesn't have the power to do that. We need our senators across across the nation. And here's my other, like, my last little soapbox around this. We also need to be putting pressure on Republicans to do the right thing too, right? Like we've been mad at uh, you know, Senator Manchin who is from my home state of West Virginia for clogging up the works and holding this all up. But ain't nobody saying that the damn Republicans ain't doing it for us. Mm. We wouldn't need, right? We would not need Manchin's vote if Republicans were stepping up and saying, let's protect voter rights, right? So this is, we can't, I mean, I just like, if we're gonna place fault, we're gonna place blame then there's a not enough fault and blame that needs to get spread out, and it needs to get spread out beyond President Biden and President Harris, Vice President Harris, and needs to get spread out beyond those two senators who have D's after their name. And we need to start holding Republicans' feet to the fire because they are refusing this too. This is on them for refusing to advance these bills in the Senate, in the US Senate, and it's on Republicans in red states like ours for introducing and passing legislation that put us in this place in the first place. So I just wanna be clear, I wanna go on record that the blame needs to be spread out in the right direction. And it's a whole lot less on the president and the D's and a whole lot more on the Republican party.
0: I think you're right, Senator Jackson. It's about accountability as a whole. And we can play the blame game all day, but at the end of the day, it's about the work that we're getting done. And it doesn't seem like we're getting much done. So I hope they listen to your soapbox and uh, and learn from it as well. But it's almost that time. We've had such a fruitful conversation is there anything else that you would like your listeners to know about this upcoming week? Yeah, just one last thing.
1: So it, it looks like based on uh, the governor's state of the state address that there is a tax uh, refund coming to Georgians, um, coming your way. Uh, we have billions of extra dollars uh, thanks to the federal government. And so um, be on the lookout for that, I will say. um. While I think that it's important to put money in the pockets of Georgians, I do wish that we had chosen to use that money in ways that would help to strengthen our safety net, Um, right? I, I would give up my $200 refund in a heartbeat if I knew that it meant 5,000 people receive the Medicaid expansion that they're uh, the the Medicaid voucher that they're waiting for in order to get the care that they need in their homes right I would give up that extra $200 in a heartbeat um, if I knew that it translated to thousands of Georgians in rural Georgia having access to broadband um, right to to the health care that they need so um, but do be on the lookout. We're all going to get a refund, most likely, um, from the state of Georgia. Um, celebrate that, as you will, um, and, you know, consider your local nonprofits if you don't need the money, um, so that we can continue to help those who are at least and who need it the most.
0: Indeed. Now, before we go, I just have one more, one more question, and it's, I know, I know, I mean, it the... The show, the podcast is called God, Goats, and Government. And we've talked a lot about God and we've talked about government, but we have not talked about your goats. And I want to know personally what to expect as I hear that we're supposed to have a snow day, and I want to make sure that your goats and all of your animals will be just fine. I know they're used to being in the out of doors, but how How does one prepare the barnyard for snow in Georgia? Yeah.
1: So the goats, actually, we've been here before. They actually love snow. They're weirded out by it, right? Because they don't see it very often. And so it's actually really funny and cute to like watch them kind of prance and try to keep their feet from getting like in the stuff. It's, it's really cute. Um, but they'll be fine. Their housing situation is one such that they have plenty of warmth and warm space. They warm each other um, as well. But um, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to, it, and hopefully I can catch on film, uh, that kind of, first time when they peek their head out and they start tramping around in that snow because it's just so cute um, because they don't know quite exactly what to do with it Um, and many of you all may not know but goats actually hate water like they hate hate rain but snow isn't rain and so it's very confusing to them that they're getting wet, but it's not raining. Um, so it takes them a little while to like realize they need to go inside. It's just, it's a lot, it's fun. Um, so I look forward to reporting back to you all about uh, what the snow brings for our animals.
0: Well, we're definitely looking forward to that. And please, fingers crossed that we can get, we can get some video footage. But that said, Senator Jackson, thank you for your time. I, To our listeners, you've been listening to another episode of God, Goats, and Government. Until next time.
1: Like and subscribe to Kim for Georgia. Be easy, y'all.